here, and you're listening to my podcast called Faithful Thoughts. I'm so grateful that you're joining me today, and all of those who have been tuning in from the first episode to now, or just now tuning in, I'm grateful that you're here. I also want to thank everybody for the encouragement that they've given me through this process. It is truly a journey for me. I'm learning with each show as I go. Uh, I'm new to this. In fact, one of my sons told me after the second episode, and when I told him I was thankful, he thought I was kidding uh, when I told him I said, thank you for the advice. But bottom line is I'm resigned on the fact that he knows so much more about this than I do. Uh, Doing this podcast has really been helpful for me personally. Uh, It's helped me grow in Christ. It's one of the reasons, one of the reasons for this podcast is to help share my spiritual walk with others. And that kind of leads me into today's episode. Today's show, we are going to talk about one thing that we all have in common. Whether you're a believer in Christ or not, whether you are rich or poor, it doesn't matter what your ethnicity is or your political affiliation. We're all broken. From the time the first sin was committed, we became a broken people. We changed from God's image and God's perfection to brokenness. No matter the good that we do in our life, we are never going to be whole in the eyes of God without some help. Today I wanted to start off by getting personal. Today I wanted to tell my story, my broken story, and what Christ has done for me personally. A brother in Christ, a friend, and a minister, uh, all one person, (laughs) once said that for others to really know the fullness of Christ's love and the mercy one needs is to relate your story of how Christ's love and mercy helped you. So today, I want to tell you mine. I want to be open and honest, and I'll ask that you bear with me. So my story. My story starts off in church, you know. Uh, From the day I was born to now, I have always, I don't remember a time of not being at church on a Sunday. Unless I was deployed in the Navy or it was sick when I was a child or, or to now, I was always in church. My dad became a preacher while I was young. All was good, that I can remember at least, until my parents separated. I was about eight or nine. I, I'm, I'm really unclear on, on when that happened. Uh, but I, I think I was around eight, eight or nine years old. I would later learn that the biggest impact in my life was the separation of my parents. The biggest influencers on where I am now and the walk up to this point uh, really lays into the deep scars that were on my heart from, from the separation of my parents. Now, I really want to be clear at this point. God has blessed me with a very, very spiritually faithful mother and I'm so thankful for her Uh, once my mother moved my brother and I to San Antonio Texas after my parents separated she was the glue that kept things together she would often have to work two jobs to put food on the table but no matter what we were at church on Sunday morning and often on Wednesday nights for for Bible class but we were there she made sure that we were there and it was that foundation laid that helped me where I am. When I was about 11, I gave my life to Christ. And 
dedicated my life to God at that point. I wanted to be a true child of God. I wanted to be a follower of God. Uh, I was blessed to have men with the church that helped mentor me, most of which I still talk to today, but all of them were major influencers in my life and filled that gap that was missing with my father who wasn't there. I was best blessed to have a deeply faithful family. I was also blessed to have a deeply faithful wife who is who had helped me grow and really has been that constant north for me, leading me and guiding me and making sure that I tried to maintain a good, healthy Christian life. Her father really helped take the place of uh, helping me grow in becoming a Christian man. He was the father that I lacked, even though I had a stepfather who I love very, very much. He was... I, I, I had trouble accepting him for a while as, as trying to take the place. But when I met my wife and I married my wife, my father-in-law became that man that would be that constant male impact in my life and would help me grow in Christ and would help me learn to be a good Christian father, a good Christian husband, and just a dedicated follower in Christ. Up to this point in my life, life was good. I mean, if you looked at it from the face value of, of where I was, life was good. However, Satan knows our weaknesses. He knows where to put his, his focus. He will do everything in his power to make a way into your life. In fact, it was through those weaknesses that Satan began to work in my life. When I went into the Navy, the scars that were in, on my heart from my childhood really became those focal points for Satan to work. Although I was a Christian man and I was raised in the church, those scars were still there. There, there was no denying that. And because of those scars, Satan began to plant seeds of anger, doubt in myself, mistrust of others. And those would become the dominant things in my heart. And it would cause me to become angry. Rage was the output for all of the, that, those ways that Satan was working in my heart. I very rarely showed this at church. Like I said, there were two of me. But when I got home, my family bore the brunt of my rage. I'd get angry at the littlest things. And looking back on that, and as I, as I had to seek help, I never really understood why, why I became so angry, which is a question that I think my family was pretty scared to ask me at one point at my worst was, why are you so angry? And I would be so angry at the little things. I'd love to say that the Navy helped me, but however, the years of sea duty and deployments were not a benefit to me in this aspect. Even, even when I was on shore duty, I was so busy that I denied even having this issue of anger that led, that stemmed from those scars on my heart. And it made me so ashamed when I started to see the same angry outburst, the same out, outrage that I had on my children, sometimes towards each other and sometimes in other areas. And it made me feel so ashamed. And that shame led me into depression, which fed my anxiety and led me deeper and deeper 
into the darkness. At one point, there was a time that I was on the road of being a statistic. It all came to a head one time when my wife finally pointed out how bad I had gotten. She really encouraged me to seek help. And, and, and I'm so, again, so grateful for my wife and her faith and how constant she has been in my life to be that guide to keep me focused on what really mattered. I am so blessed to have a godly, faithful wife and how she personally has impacted my life. And I'm also so glad that no matter how bad it got, she stayed there. I did seek help and through many sessions of therapy and medication, I was finally on a stable ground. I'd like, I'd like to say that was the answer, but that, that wasn't the, the answer, but it put a foundation. It finally made me level. And as I started to go through therapy, I realized that my destructive behavior came from those scars in my past. The good news is Jesus was right there the whole time. He was there in the depth of anger. He was there in my doubt of myself. He was there in the depression that I felt. He was there with my anxiety. He was there as I began to recognize the things affecting my family. And he was right there waiting for me to come to him. He's been by my side the whole time. He's been the one who gave me such a dedicated mother. He was the one who put men in my life that would teach me what kind of a man need to grow to be. Even though I was broken, Jesus never left my side. I am blessed to have a phenomenal family who stood by me at my worst. I'm blessed to have loving children who, although felt the brunt of my anger and my outbursts, still find ways to love me. I'm blessed to have finished my degree. I'm blessed to have a heart for ministry. I'm, I'm so glad that those scars didn't scar my heart so bad that I couldn't profess the gospel of Christ. Now, I wish I could blame something in my past for those scars that are just now healing. I wish that the, the anger and the doubt that I felt was from the past. That, that was it. I want to put the blame on that. But honestly, it wasn't anyone's fault. I lost faith in the per one person that could truly heal my brokenness. I lost sight of my God. I lost sight of the guide of Jesus Christ. I know my story is, is like so many others out there. I know that there are also so many who have lived through so much worse. But the good news is that Jesus will take us no matter our past. Jesus will take us just as we are. There's a song I want to play for you today that is often helped me remember that no matter my brokenness, Jesus is there. But it has helped me through these moments, knowing that no matter how bad those I've gotten and how far away I strayed from Christ, He was still there. He was ready to heal me. All I had to do was come to him.
Isn't that good news? It's comforting to me to know that no matter how bad it got, no matter how our sins, no matter how our health, or even our wealth, no matter how bad we have got think our lives are, Jesus wants us to come just as we are. I could pick several passages from the gospel, from any of the four gospels, that kind of express the kindness and mercy in their brokenness of the ones who came to find mercy in Christ. But there's only one that really shows not only the burdensome that their lives were and the burdens that they bared from their sin, but how much joy they got when Jesus took them just as they were. The story comes from John chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 4 through 30. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria 
called Sikar. Near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is who is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will would not get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go to your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit, and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But no one asked, What do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come, see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. I love this story so much, mostly because Jesus knew her background. Jesus knew her sins. Jesus knew her failed marriage and adulterous history. But still, Jesus chose to show how deeply his love is for all of us. He showed her the way to salvation through him. He showed everyone he came to save us all. Even in our brokenness, he still came. In fact, it was 
It's our brokenness that unites all of us together as one. This is why Paul, when he writes in Romans chapter 3, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He leaves no ambiguity or no gray area in that pronouncement. There are a couple of takes from this passage that really can drive home this point. First, when we look in verse 9, the woman asks Jesus, why are you talking? Why does she why does Jesus talk to her? He came to seek and save the lost. All the lost. Not just the Jewish people, not just a certain ethnicity or political affiliation, or even to go as far as a different denomination of a Christian faith. He doesn't even care if you're rich or if you're poor, or if you're middle class, he doesn't care. He came to save us all. When Jesus comes to her, he was breaking the barriers that stood between two peoples at that time in history. He came to break down those walls between the Samaritans and the Jews, showing that he came to provide humanity with salvation. Second, he wanted to show that no matter her past or even our past, he came to show love to all. His love has no boundaries, no limits. His love is a healing love. His mercy never ceases. So where does that leave us? Well, if we can already admit that we're all broken and no matter our past, it makes us all the same. It puts us on the same plane. All the barriers have been broken down. There's nothing that can divide us. Jesus is bigger than all the political parties. He's bigger than any scars that Satan uses to divide us. He used, he's there for anything that Satan does to divide humanity within each other, producing hate and discontent. We are united. We are one people. We are all children of God. The other day I sat down and watched a movie called Antoine Fisher. It's about a man who was in the Navy, you know, and that already kind of took me because he was a sailor, I can relate. But he was filled and built up with so much anger that he had had from his past. He found himself in the office of a Navy psychiatrist who, had a, who was asked to evaluate him from his commanding officer. Once the doctor had peeled away to the root, he discovered that Antoine Fisher was born in prison. His father had been killed by another woman who was at the time his girlfriend. So he was turning, he turned over into abusive foster family who had beaten and abused him in other ways. Although the, the abuse did affect him, it was the loss of his real family which became the root of his anger and frustration and the outbursts that he had had. As the doctor had peeled away those layers and came to that realization, he suggested you need to go find your original family, which after a while he admitted that he did. And he found his mother who still couldn't face him because of the shame of her past. But he also found his father's sister. And ended up being the extended family, which filled that hole that was left by his early life. He became whole as he met with each 
of his relatives. He found love that was missing. I shared my personal story and my walk with Christ so that we could so that you could see that we all have issues in our lives. We all have some form of brokenness. No one is perfect. But I also wanted you to see what Jesus had done in me. He gave me a loving mother who made sure that I found the mercy of Jesus. He gave me men in my youth to help train me to serve God. He put a stepfather in my life who did his best that he could to fill a hole. He gave me a wife that is so faithful that is really my true north and my guide to following Christ. He gave me a father-in-law who taught me how to be a Christian father and husband. He walked beside me as I went astray, as I lost faith. In the darkest times, he was still there walking next to me. Jesus took me just as I was. He also put me on the path to healing. I could go on and on to the benefits of what Christ did for me in my life. But most of all, and the most important thing, he led me to a church family that admits we are all broken believers. That no matter the difference in our backgrounds, we are still growing in Christ together. We share the love of Christ. We take care of one another when we are in need. We walk next to those who are struggling and we work to share the love and mercy of Christ so that there is no one left in the cold. And as we get ready to pray together, I pray that we all know the love of Christ through the body of fellow believers. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that those who are looking for something that is missing in their lives, that they come to learn about you with fellow believers in the body of Christ, becoming a family with fellow broken humans, just trying to do their best every day to follow Christ. Lord, with those struggling with mental health, depression, anxiety, Father, I, I pray that you will wrap your arms around them, you will protect them and help them get out of the dark depths that comes with depression. And I just pray, Father, that you will be with each one of them and help them know that there is something out there that they can find help and that they can find you, Father. Lord, I pray that all the believers remember that all of humanity is broken. It's not just those who don't believe in Christ. It is all of us. We are all the same. We are all broken. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that really heals our shortcomings. And then fulfill the great commission to bring those who are lost within the fold. I pray those who are struggling to come to Christ know that there's no sin too great for the mercy of God through the blood of Christ. As far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us through Christ. I pray that those who find themselves in the depths will see the light of the mercy of God. 
Father, thank you for all the creation around us and the beauty that we see every day. Thank you for your overflowing mercy and love. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we close today, I definitely want to tell everybody that the music that was played in today's episode is available wherever music can be downloaded. The song, Just As I Am, I Come Broken, is recorded and produced by the Acapella Company. I provided a link within the uh, description of the broadcast in this episode uh, to where you can go on there and, and check them out. You can also go on to praiseandharmony.com. As always, I want to encourage everyone to subscribe to this episode or to this podcast. And when new episodes drop, you'll get a notification. To all those in the Jacksonville, Florida area, please check us out, uh, San Jose Church of Christ. We meet together on Wednesdays for Bible class at 6.30 p.m. We also meet for Bible class on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and followed by worship at 10.30 a.m. You can also check us out online at www.sjcc.us. Once again, it's www.sjcc.us. Or you can download the San Jose app on anywhere mobile apps are available. If you're not in the Jacksonville area, we're also online and it's at that same website. Wherever you are, I hope that you will seek out a church to be able to commune with fellow broken believers. If you are new and want to come to church, I pray that you will seek out those those, those churches and try to find somewhere that you can grow in Christ. Until next time, this has been Faithful Thoughts, and I'm Tim McGuire. Thank you.